You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. If you will, get your Bibles and turn them to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 all the way down through 11. Say amen when you get there. Because what we're going to read tonight, it's not going to be anything new, but as Peter would say, I think it's very necessary to bring us back into remembrance. Because if we stir you up by remembrance, we know that the truth that you hear will continually keep you from error. Because repetition will end up being your best friend during your Christian walk. Because the more we hear something, the more it gets down in our spirit, the more we are able to remember in their time of need and allow the spirit to refresh us in these truths. So the book of Hebrews will say, let us, us, he didn't leave anybody out, let us therefore fear least a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they too whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying, In David today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Will you back up with me, and let's read verses 1 and 2 one more time. Because that's where the main points of what we have to say tonight will be. Let us, he didn't leave anybody out again, therefore fear, lest a promise being left us, of entering into his rest, not your rest, not man's wisdom, but his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, there's the word us again, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Will you pray with me tonight? Lord, Father, 
God, we thank you, God, for this opportunity one more time. We thank you, God, for your precious word and your precious truths. God, I ask, God, that you will do, God, only that what you have already said, and that is anoint, God. Open our ears and our hearts, God. Fill our mouths with words that we may not do any harm to your word, God. And I ask, God, that you will refresh us with these truths, that you will reach down and that you will meet each and every need, God. God, I ask, God, because I know, God, you are a big God, and there is nothing impossible for you. So I ask, God, one more time, anoint us, God, and we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've got a simple message tonight and a simple truth. And what we're reading here is a book that was written to a group of Jews that had come to the Christian faith, but then they begin to doubt and go back. And the author of Hebrews again wrote and to try to encourage them and edify them in the truth of the gospel. And here in chapter 4, he is reminding them of the rest that we have in Jesus. And in verse 1, we have to see that it says, let us therefore fear. Have you ever gave any thought to that? The fear here, if we look at it, is being exceedingly afraid. You should be exceedingly afraid of if you are in the faith or not. Exceedingly afraid, least a promise being left us entering to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You see, we see that the truth did not profit the Jews or the nation of Israel much because it had no benefit to them. It did not they did not believe in what was being heard. So I have a, my title tonight. I've got a question. I know that the word of God, it's true. But do you believe? Because you live in an area of the United States that was formerly and still known as the Bible Belt. Everybody knows the name of Jesus. Everybody knows who Jesus is. But the question is, do you believe? Because in, as in our text, we see a lot of people's heard. A lot of people has heard what Jesus is able to do. A lot of people's heard of what Jesus has done. A lot of people has heard on how to be saved. But do you believe what you are hearing? You see, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to run through a few passages real quick before I really get to the blunt of my message because I want you to see and kind of grasp what I'm trying to get across here tonight. So if you will turn with me one more time to the book of Romans chapter 10. Chapter 10 verses 14 and 17 if you do 14 through 17 if you don't have your Bibles brother Joey will have it on the screen and the word of God says how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are we to call upon Jesus if we have not ever heard about him? And how shall they believe in him of who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Have you obeyed the gospel? For Elisha saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, we have to hear something before we know something. We have to know something before we can believe something. One more scripture, and then I will quit having you turn pages. But let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them. Who has revealed them? God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. What is the Word of God being revealed by? His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You see, in these three passages... I've wanted to point out three things. We have two passages that shows us a group of people that have heard of the promises of God, but their belief or what they heard was not mixed with their faith. So they fell short and missed out on the promises of God. The second passages that we read told us that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It told us how to receive faith and where it come from. And then the third passage that we just read told us how God reveals his word and his truth to us. Do you know Paul stood in front of a man named Felix when he was imprisoned in Rome? And he spoke to Felix with such an anointing and such a power of the Holy Spirit that Felix... The Bible says he was trembling. He was literally trembling. And he actually told them to take Paul away because the conviction was so strong. He had a choice to make. He heard the word preached, but did he believe it? You know, I've been, this message and this stuff has been going over and over in my head most of the week because I've been, I've seen some conversations and I have even been involved in a few conversations this week, of people, they know so much, but yet they know so little. They have taken the Word of God, the infallible Word of God, and has made it complicated. The Word of God's not that complicated. You read or you come to church. This is why church and being in front of a God-called minister, someone that has been called into the five-fold ministry to stand up and present the Word of God under the anointing is so important because, because when you hear the Word, it will bring about faith. Because when God, re you sit there and the anointing reveals his word to you, your faith will begin to grow. You will begin to believe the word of God. And I know I'm going kind of slow, but I want to make sure it's sinking in. 
You see, a lot of times people start questioning the Word of God. They'll say, well, what if... I've even heard commentators say, well, I think that Paul just messed up and he really wasn't meaning this. He was really meaning... No, the Word of God is infallible. If you do not believe it, if you do not understand it, it is on you. There is no mistakes. There is no errors. If the, God say, if the Word of God says it happened, it has happened. And if it has happened once, it can happen again. Because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if He healed the blind before, can He still do it today? I know there's a lot of denominations that says, no, we's on healing this morning. But there's nothing in the Word of God that says that they can't do it. You see, it is very important who you listen to. It is very important what messages you listen to. It is very important because I've seen people start out strong in the message of Christ and Him crucified and begin to listen to everything else and slowly drift away. Because the enemy is out to seek you, to hinder you, to destroy you. He don't care what he's going to hurt. He don't care what you care about. All he cares about is he wants your soul. He wants it, and he does not want Jesus to have it. So as we really dive in, I want to get this point hammered in. There's a difference between hearing and knowing. There is a difference between a profession and a true, true change of the heart. There is a difference on just hearing about a man named Jesus and him being revealed to you. There is a difference between sitting underneath someone that is not called of God and someone that is. Because I know and I have enjoyed their word of encouragement. I have thoroughly enjoyed them. They have, I mean, I'm just so proud of our young people. Amen. I mean, to have young people coming up and standing up behind, giving words of encouragement. But I've got to say, Young people, older people, when you stand up, know that you're going to give an account. And I don't say that to scare. I don't say that in a boastful or a mean way. But there are many people that give no thought about being held accountable for what they say behind the pulpit. There's people that stand up every Sunday and preach to people that have no need in being behind the pulpit. And that's not even my message, but let's start. Y'all look bored. So if faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and how shall we hear if someone, a preacher, is not sent? Right? So if you are sitting in a congregation, if you are sitting anywhere, if you are driving down the road listening to one of our podcasts or listening to uh, Facebook or whatever you are listening to that is going to build your faith. Country music's not going to build your faith. That's right. 
Rock music is not going to build your faith. While all things are lawful, not all things are beneficial. So what's building your faith? Things that you are hearing and the things that are truths coming out of the Bible. That's what's building your faith. That is what's helping you grow. I cannot make you grow, but the things that God says in His Word is what's going to help you grow. All we can do, all us, all you teen teachers, primary class, all you can do is present the truths. But once you present them, it is up to the person that is listening to believe. And I know... A lot of times we go through situations and we go through trials and we go through circumstances and our belief, it's hard. Because as Jennifer was saying to me when I was talking to her earlier, she said it's easy to believe when it's not you. When it's not you in the fire, it's easy to believe. You know, the promises and the truths are for all of us. But you can have all the promises, all the truths. You can see God move, but still fall short because it's not mingled with faith. The children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, being led by a cloud in the day and fire by night. Their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never got rent. They walked 40 years, water, a rock following them in the wilderness, water flowing. Manna coming from heaven. But they still had no faith. How is that? How is that? No faith. After seeing all that. Except for two. Two coming to the promised land. You know that's a type of the church now. We have a lot of people... They claim they see the things of God. They come to church, but where is their faith? Where are they actually believing when it comes time to, when the rubber meets the road? Are they still believing in their time of need? When things are not going their way, are they continuing to believe in God? Because I've got something to tell you tonight. God's not changed. And you know what's true? Because I'm fixing to tell you a few things that's true. The Word of God is true. It is true that God did bring the children of Israel out of bondage. It is true that God parted the Red Sea. It is true that God spared Rahab. It is true that God was with Gideon. It is true that Daniel he was with Daniel in the lion's den. It is true that God was with each person in the Old Testament, with Gideon in the 300. It is true God showed up and he was with each and every one of them. Whenever they began to walk around the Jericho walls, guess who was there? God was there. When the walls of Jericho fell, guess who was there? God was there. But it is true. It is a true story. These people are not characters in a fiction novel. They are actually people that live this, walk this. It is true when the Bible says that Laman went down to the muddy Jordan and he dipped seven times and he come out not a leper anymore. It is true whenever the Bible says that the Jordan was parted. It is true. Are we here tonight? Hey, you know what? 
It is true. When Samson, when all hope was lost, and they brought Samson out to make a show of him, eyes gouged out, stood him between two pillars, and he called upon the Lord. And guess what else is true? The walls came down. The pillars were knocked over. And he killed more Philistines in that last few minutes than the whole time he was alive. You know what else is true? Everything that all the minor prophets have said. Every prophecy that is said of Jesus. Everything that we see all through the Old Testament. How much time do we spend in the Old Testament looking at these truths, these stories that are types and shadows of things that were to come? How many times have we really thought, hey, if God can do that for the Hebrew boys that was in that fire, He can truly do it for me. Or is it just a story to you? Or do you believe that in the time of your fire, He can be in there with you? Do you truly believe? Because it's true. It is true that He is able to be right there with you, dancing, making the ropes burn off of your arms without even the scent of smoke. It is true that He is able to fall upon a person and they outrun the chariots. It is true that whenever someone prophesies under the anointing of God, the latter rain may just come. It is true. That when the man was thrown into Elisha's tomb, he come back to life. Now you tell me, you tell me, do you believe it? Do you believe when the Bible says that Jesus was born of a virgin? Do you believe whenever the Bible tells us that Jesus lived 33 and a half years? Do you believe, do you really believe that it is true whenever Jesus says that He came to heal the brokenhearted? Do you believe that The Bible, when he says, by his stripes, we are healed. Do we truly know that it is true that he came and that he healed the blind, he healed the leopard, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. He did go to Samaria and meet a woman at a well. And she did go and preach and tell them about Jesus. Do you know that that is true? Not just stories. Have they been made real to you? Man, I'm enjoying this a lot more than what y'all are, I think. You know why? Because it's true. I believe every word of it. I believe Jesus turned the water into wine. I believe that whenever they come up into the garden to arrest him and he stood up and said, I am, there was a power that went out that knocked them all down. Hey, I believe that whenever he came and he stood in front of Pilate and he... They said, I find no fault in this man. I believe there was no fault in Jesus. I believe that it is true whenever they say that he, they shoved a crown of thorns on his head. I know it's true whenever they scourged him. I know it's true whenever they hung him upon the cross. I know it's true whenever the clouds came over and the skies turned black and the veil of the temple was rent whenever he 
gave up the ghost. I know it's true that after this happened, he did come back for 40 days. I know it's true that on the day of Pentecost, Peter did stand up and prophesy of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is still true today because I believe in it. I know that I know, I know that I am able to speak in an unknown tongue just because Jesus grabbed a hold of me and Jesus baptized me into the Spirit. And one minute I was speaking in my normal tongue and the next minute I was speaking in the Holy Ghost. I know that Jesus is still able to do that. I know that Jesus is still able to come upon a person if He wills and people being healed by the shadow of Peter. I still believe that. I still believe because it is true and my Jesus is still the same today as He was back then. And He still lives just like He did back then. I think there's some people that need just to be reminded a little bit about the truths of the gospel then put a little bit of faith into what Jesus is still able to do in your life. He is still able to meet the needs. He's still able to heal the lame. He is still able to move upon the person. He is still able to make the storms calm. And I'm not just talking about your storm. I'm talking about the actual storms in the weather. I am actually, He is still able to walk upon the water. He is still able to be lifted up and drawing all men near. Do we lift Him up enough? Because everything I'm talking about is still true today. Everything that I have said is still true today. I've not even gotten to the exciting part. And I'm about out of breath already. You know it's true when what I have said is revealed to you that the sin nature is truly dormant. Do you know that it is true when the Bible says to place your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified? You are actually empowered by the Holy Spirit. You have become a new person in Christ. You have become a joint heir. You are now a literal son or daughter of the Most High God. Do you believe that that's true? Amen. You are a joint heir. You have the first fruits of the promises of God. Do you know it's true that Jesus truly said that He was going to go build a mansion for you? Do you know it's true? He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Do you know it's true? Are you getting tired of hearing this yet? He will give you the desires of your heart. What is the desires of your heart? It's all true. Everything in this book is true. You know, I believe in the full gospel. Not a watered down gospel. Not a gospel that picks and chooses what they're going to preach or teach. I believe in every word, every, every, every paragraph, every sentence, everything that is in this book, everything that has passed is coming true right now and everything that is to come. I know that it is true whenever my Bible tells me that one day, 
one glorious day, there's going to be a loud shout. And the dead in Christ is going to rise first. And then those that are alive and remain are going to be called up. Hey, I believe it. I know it's true. Hey, if the Lord tarries and I go by the grave, I still know that somewhere down the line there's going to be some some people being called up. What a glorious day that will be. How many churches are going to lose half of their congregation and the other half's going to be looking around and seeing what happened? Because it was not mixed with faith. I know. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in trials. We find ourselves in afflictions. We find ourselves in a place that we don't like to be. The depths of hell is trying to beam down on us. It feels like our world's coming to crash down. It feels like we're not wanted. The devil's done put it and planted it in our brains that God's truly not called us to be a singer in the sing in the musicians or a musician. He's not called us to teach. He has not called us to preach. The devil's done poisoned us with ideas of they don't like you anymore. He's trying to get you to sit back and be quiet. He's trying to get you to a place where you'll just shut up and get out of the way. Man, I'm about ready to go sit down. It's tough. I really thought I'd get a few more shouts. Don't you know it's true? Am I just not doing a good job tonight? Or are we just really thinking? Because I really want you to come back into the remembrance and examine yourself. Whenever that bill comes due, tax season's right around the corner. How are you doing on the taxes? Have we really turned everything in? I'm going to skip right past that one. Or do you believe that time is drawing near. Are you going to church just to go to church? Or do you truly believe that it's true when the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Do you truly believe that the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you in your time of need? Do you truly believe that He's going to feed you manna from heaven, the Word of God, and reveal things to you little by little? Do you truly believe that He's going to change you little by little? Oh, I know the church says, if you confess enough, if you confess it enough, it will just, you have whatever you want. Or, it even says, You have not because you ask not. Which is scripture, by the way. But it's not talking about asking for worldly things. We're good at that. So do you know it's true that you have not because you ask not? You want me to put that in proper perspective? You're called into a ministry. Truly called by God into a ministry and you're desiring a greater anointing, are you asking for it? 
You're desiring a revival within your church. Are you asking for it? You desiring the will of God to be performed in your church. Are you asking for it? Are you really asking for the truth that God has put forth? Are you asking Him for things other than the desires that is of this world? Are you truly asking Him and do you believe He is able to bring your family members into church? Do you truly believe that He is able to heal you? Do you truly believe that He is able to take you and pick you up from the bottom of a gutter and bring you up? Do you truly believe it? All right. You know, I believe everything I've said is true. Do you know, I don't just believe it's true. I'm living proof that it's true. I'm going to, I might get in trouble, but I'm used to it. I get in trouble a lot. But I want to show you. And I normally, I don't think I'd normally do this, but I want to show you that the grace of God is true. I want to show you to not quit praying for your your children. Don't quit praying for your family. Don't quit believing that God's not able to believe or to change a family. This might be harder than I thought it was going to be. Hey, I want my sister to come up here. Don't kill me. Hey, I want my wife. Yes, Lane. Cole. Kinley. Me and me and Papa. If you don't want to come up, you ain't got to. You're my younger sister. (laughs) Hey, I'll help you. Yeah, you can stand down there. (laughs) Over this side. Over that side. Hey, Owen. Bo. Is this okay? (laughs) All right. I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm not done yet. (laughs) You see? Man, this is hard. This group of people, never in my life would I thought we'd all be going to church together. Never in my life would I thought that God would give me second chances. Never in my life did I think that God would put families back together. 
Never in my life would I think any of that, but I can tell you that it's true when the gospel says that He is going to bless you. He's going to bless your family. He's going to bless those that are humble. But you know, this is great. And everybody knows, or most everybody knows, my childhood, I didn't really have much of a family. Situations and circumstances and people kept me away from my grandparents. I don't want anybody to think that they did anything ill because they did not. But whenever you have people holding you back and feeding you garbage, it's easy to think the worst and begin to resent. But when you grow up like I grew up, You'd go years without talking to people. You'd go years without parents at all. But now I'm going to show you how God is even able to go beyond your wildest expectations. God's great. Hey, can I get Brother Bill, Sister Joanne? Come over here. Joey. Steve, Brian. Come on. Don't be shy now. All right. I could keep bringing them up. Sister Barbara's not here. Hey, Stephanie. Brother Buford. this okay? I'm revealing something to y'all I've never talked about much. But I want you to see how true the gospel really is. (laughs) I'm going to stand right here because on my right is my sister, my grandparents, my wife, my kids, my nephews that I didn't have nothing to do with for years. I've had regret because as soon as I was old enough to leave the house in any way that I was able, I just left my younger sister behind. But when you just take off, you're just trying to survive. You're trying to make your way. When you don't have God, you're just doing the best you can. I never had, after the age of nine, ten, I never had parents. So 
trying to call or text or just to confide in somebody was not an option. To be able to talk to the wife was not an option. She'd put up with more than she ever should have because I don't show much emotion and if there's stuff bothering me, it just, it'll be okay because that's how I had to live. But let me tell you, when God says he will turn it around, when God says he will bless, when God says he will give you the desires of your heart, You see this group of people on my left? I've got brothers I've never had. I've got dads and moms that never, and I know they're not, you know what I'm saying, but they love me. They check on me. They invite me over for Thanksgiving. You know how many years I didn't have a Thanksgiving at home? They invite me over to put up blinds. They call me and they tell me that they love me. You know what that means to someone that grew up without getting to hear that? Now you tell me that it's not true that God's able to bless. You tell me that God's not able Take your situation and make it turn it into good. And I could continue to call people up here. That has just been amazing. Brother Junior and Sister Sarita. Brother James and Sister Anita. I can continue to go down the line of people that has just opened their hearts up to me. I can continue to tell you story after story. You know, not everybody grows up with parents like you. If you have your parents and you have a close relationship, cherish it. If you don't, let me tell you, trust in God. Because it is true when God says He will turn it around. It is true when He says He will bless. It is true that He says that He will comfort you. You see, God, if He never gives me another thing, He has given me more than I could have ever asked. And I've not even received all of my inheritance yet. But I have received restored relationships. I have received things I could never even imagine. You see, it is true, but do you believe? If this don't put you put it into perspective, do you believe God is able to bring you from the bottom of that gutter you feel like you're in and bring you to a spot you could never imagine and give you people that love you that you could have never imagined? Do you believe? Thank y'all. You see, 
happens when God gives you the desires of your heart? He might not have gave me no big farm that I just dreamed of. He may not have gave me a fancy truck. I drive the most plain Jane truck. It's a good truck. But it's plain Jane farm truck. No extras. He didn't give me that stuff. But he gave me a group of people. I've received messages when Satan has been trying to tell me that I'm not called to do what I do. When Satan's tried to discourage and run relationships, he has led these people to maybe send a text or call to stand up and say things that I could never imagine them say. I get to eat at Mimi's every Sunday, most of every Sunday, and I enjoy it. She says I'm on my phone all the time, but what she don't know is how much I enjoy it and how much I cherish the time that we have left because it beats tortilla and a little bit of peanut butter or honey when that's all you can find or a can of green beans. Do you know do you truly know God wants the best for you? As I said this morning, when my mother passed away, there is I could have never, ever, ever have dreamed that I would preach the gospel. There was so much resentment, so much hate, so much that I did not know. But if that would not have happened, what you just seen would not have happened. The trials and the afflictions that are happening in your life are put there for a purpose. But are you asking for the will of God? Do you know it is true whenever Jesus says that he come to heal the broken heart? that He is the Comforter, that He is the Great I Am. There's not a situation. I don't care what situation you're going through. It might seem like it's the end of your life. I don't care what it is. You've just seen something that was impossible in human eyes. The love, the bonds, the relationships, the marriages, kids that's beyond it's way beyond anything I could ever thought or imagined and God's able to do that can I get my singers and musicians to come I want you to know I know it was a little different and it's way different than what I had planned but I've got to ask you one more time. Do you know, do you believe that it's true? That God's able to touch you right where you sit? If you're watching, He is able to touch you right there where you're at. Do you know He's able to move upon your person 
your situation, your finances, your family. I don't care how lost, how far gone you think your family is. I've had family come up that I never thought would come up. And I'm expecting more. I don't know if I'm ready for some, but I'm expecting it. I truly am. But do you truly, truly believe tonight that God's able to save? God's able to come into that situation, whatever it may be. They begin to play, whatever Brother Jeff feels led. I want you to know that the altars are open. And I know that we all have needs. If you want to come to an altar, that's fine. If you want to stand up and praise God for what he's done and is doing, that's fine. If you want to come and line up across the middle and allow some of your fellow brethren to pray for you, that's fine. But I want you to have this thought. It is true that God is able. We are well able to possess the land. Because these problems, they are but bread for us with our proper faith in Jesus and what He has done. So the altars are open. If you need prayer, come. If you want to pray for your family, come. But the altars are open. I don't believe I've left anybody out. Go ahead, brother or sister Hannah. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak
If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.